right. Thanks, Pastor Tim. Um, uh, yeah, so as he said, we've been, uh, my wife and I and our family have been going here about three years, so happy to uh, uh, share a little bit about my story uh, with you all, and hopefully it's uh, uh, edifying to you all in some way. So um, I'll start uh, with, the, with the childhood years. I grew up uh, attending a Catholic church, and um, that's really to say that I really didn't grow up uh, knowing the Lord at all. Uh, my mom sort of dragged my brothers and I to church, and um, we kind of dreaded going, to be honest. We passed the time by generally being obnoxious. We would you know, hit each other, we'd play little games, and you know, drive my mom nuts during the whole time. Um, and we'd literally count the seconds until Father Michael would, would wrap up his sermon. Um, that was pretty much the extent of my faith life growing up. Um, so my parents were kind and loving. It was, it was a good home. Uh, but any significant talk of, of God was contained to just that single inconvenient hour um, that we had to go to once a week. And Father Michael, uh, God bless him, he had such a heavy Indian accent that um, on the rare occasions that we did decide to listen to him, we couldn't really understand what he was saying anyway, so uh, we weren't really getting much out of that. So um, as I transitioned into my teenage years and, and high school and college, um, I, if you had asked me, I would have thought I would say I was a good person, um, you know, but I wouldn't have been able to answer coherently if you asked me, um, you know, if, if I knew what sin was or if I was a sinner, I'd have no, no idea really uh, what to say. And, and looking back, in retrospect, it was painfully clear uh, that I was anything but a good person. I was self-centered, uh, angry, lustful, impatient, drunk, reckless. I mean, I was pretty much the not a modeled youth. I uh, pretty much checked off all the boxes there on the things you're not supposed to do. Um, so after, you know, through the grace of God, I made it through college, um, moved to Florida with Tara, um, you know, who at that time was uh, n- not my wife. Um, but she began attending a church and a Bible study, uh, and she kept asking me to go, and um, I kept refusing. I-, I wanted nothing to do with it. And um, she was annoyingly persistent. She was uh, very good at that. And, um, you know, I just was like, ah, oh, gosh, would she just leave me alone on this thing? And um, finally, I relented and tagged along because, uh, honestly, I just wanted to get her stopped talking about it. So I was like, look, I ignored Father Michael for all my entire childhood. I can, I can suffer through a few uh, Bible studies here and get her to stop asking me to go. But, but something changed uh, during that Bible study um, as I went to it, you know, begrudgingly. Um, it was on the book of Daniel, and although... Um, I didn't want to admit it to Tara. I, was, I actually liked going. Um, and, and God was definitely beginning to soften my heart and, and open my eyes. So after we took that, that Bible study, um, we took another one. It was called Disciple. And this was a 34-week class, um, which involved heavy scripture reading. And I, I had never really read the Bible before. Um, and it was during this time through this class that God really opened my eyes to, to who he is. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Field of Dreams um, uh, with Kevin Costner, it's, it's, it's like the moment, for me, it was like the moment um, when the annoying brother k- keeps telling uh, Ray to sell the farm, uh, and then he finally sees that all the players are there, and he's like, you can't sell the farm, Ray. Like, <laughs> that, was pretty much, that was pretty much my faith experience. It was like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, I get it. Um, God totally opened his eyes to me, and I was, I was that zealot. I mean, I was, you know, that one running around just so excited about what, I, what I'd found. Um, you, know, the, you know, it was just amazing to me that Jesus Christ, the king of all kings, the creator of the universe, would humble himself 
and save a wretch like me. Um, I'd, I'd heard that message before, but this time it just it clicked. It made sense. And, and so much so that I, I, won't, I won't ever forget that class um, that, that it happened in because, uh, you know, although it was over 10 years ago, I can still picture everybody's faces there and where they sat. And I'm forever, I'm forever grateful for my wife um, who kept pursuing me and kept, and kept pushing me uh, to, to go because she's the one who led me to Christ. And so, um, and, and that was the last place I had ever expected to be. Another thing I remember during that time uh, was the teacher mentioning that it took about 10 years to become a mature, mature Christian. And so I, I thought she was crazy. I mean, I'm like, I've been a believer for like 10 minutes and I got this thing down. Like, how hard can it be? Um, well, over the years, it's proved that it, it was definitely harder than, than I thought. Um, I'd been so trained by the world that I, I didn't understand so many of the sins I'd been engaging in were, were wrong. Um, for example, pornography, I, I couldn't, being equal to cheating. Um, I, Tara told me that one time, and my reaction at, the time, reaction at the time was actually to laugh. I was like, come on, that's ridiculous. Um, so, so looking back on it, yes, 10 years was a conservative estimate for me, uh, even though I thought it was ridiculous at the time. Um, since then, my faith life, I'd say it's been filled with some ups and downs. And um, in that disciple class, I remember one guy saying that um, he, was, he was in a valley and, and struggling with his faith. And, you know, me, Mr. Shiny New Faith guy, uh, I couldn't understand how that was even a possibility. I, I looked at him like, wow, that's, that's like, no, once you get this, like you're on fire like all the time, right? It never stops. Um, but, um, but obviously there's, there's so much more to that. And when we left Florida at the time, that's where we were living when all this, this happened, um, we had a hard time kind of finding a church when we came back and we were floating around. And, um, you know, most of us are familiar with Ephesians 6, and, you know, it's easy for, to hear that so many times that it becomes cliche, but it's cliche because there's so much truth there. Um, it talks about putting on the armor of God. And for years, I was fighting the battle against the spiritual forces of wickedness, completely armorless. Um, and I was losing badly. I would say I was probably the worst kind of Christian, a lukewarm hypocrite, living in persistent sin, one foot in the world and one teeny tiny toe dipped in devoted to God. And it's no coincidence, I don't believe in coincidences at all, actually, but it's no coincidence that when we began attending a Bible-focused church, um, things started to change for me. Um, this, was, this was over at Riverstone, then Bible Fellowship, and um, Pastor Tom Allen, his sermons just were hitting me in the, in the gut each week. You know, I, we loved going, but at the same time, I also dreaded it because I knew he was going to say something that was completely damning to some of the things that I was doing. Um, and so, you know, the Holy Spirit was convicting me during that time, but apparently I wasn't getting the hint fast enough because um, one night, uh, laying in bed, uh, the Holy Spirit just completely welled up in me, so much so that I, I mean, I just couldn't even stop it. I tried to, but it was useless, and I, I'm not kidding it or exaggerating at all. Um, it was like something took hold of all of my faculties and literally forced me to blurt out the words to my completely sound asleep sleep and very pregnant wife. And I said, I am still mired in sin. And, you know, I told her about uh, some things I was struggling with. And then it came completely out of, out of nowhere. It was like an out-of-body experience. Um, and this happened at like two, two in the morning or something like that. And, and look, guys, if you're, if you're failing the purity test or if you have some other unconfessed sin uh, in your relationship with your spouse, um, fess up and don't wait until the spirit kicks, out, kicks it out of you in the middle of the night. Um, 
because going through the fire is never fun, and it's especially not fun at two in the morning. Um, but but it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary to do. Um, you know, because I was caught up in repeated sin. I was repentant, but um, I had been trying to fight the battle on my own. So so the big difference from that moment on in my life for me, um, which all that was over about ten years ago uh, now at this point, um, is that I've made an effort to put on the armor of God, to not fight this battle alone. And, and with each new season of life, there are new challenges. Um, and there's layers of various sin that I discover about my, myself that I have to work on. Uh, you can just ask my kids about the lawn incident from this week. Um, we talk about all idols all the time in our, in our house. And let's just say y'all need to pray for me uh, to, to let that lawn idol of mine go uh, a little bit. But, um, but uh, even though he's changed me dramatically since those earlier days, God's still sanctifying me each and every day. And thankfully, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, despite our past, despite our mistakes. And so that's where I stand today, um, firmly on the grace of Jesus, firmly on the word of God. His sacrifice on the cross is my one and only hope. Um, it's been nearly two decades, and I'd say I'm still not a mature Christian like my teacher told me all those years ago, but... Um, but I know he's still molding me and still using me for his purposes. And um, I pray daily for the strength and wisdom uh, to live my life according to his will and ultimately uh, to bring him glory. So that's my testimony.